Hello and welcome to this ninth edition of the Basic Bible Podcast. And we are back with, we're going back to our very, our roots, our very first episode, our introduction, as we have back Mr. Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Kevin. It's always a pleasure to sit and talk important things. Well, Ray has quite a bit of experience, and that's not my way of just saying he's old, but... <laughs> he's, yeah, right. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> he's had experience in the pastorate, uh, behind the lectern as a professor, kind of a jack-of-all-trades writer as well, and uh, uh, pretty soon you'll be able to, if you've seen him on Facebook, you maybe have ran into his Ray's ramblings on Romans and... I know we're working on a, uh, a blog with that idea behind it as well, so that you can read some of his thoughts. But Ray's also the reason why I can't call this a completely reformed podcast, as uh, Ray wouldn't fit in that category. Um, not that you'd fit in most categories. I, but, try, I uh, try not to. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know where this podcast is going to go, except we have the topic of discipleship. And I know something... That Ray is passionate about. So, Ray, let's jump into our talk about discipleship. How do you define what discipleship is? Well, I mean, there's several different definitions that would be out there. The, the, the verse that I go to now, and there's been uh, my life verse, though I haven't been calling it that until recently, is uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Mm. Now, um, you know, I've I've been looking at this concept quite a bit, quite seriously. Uh, one of the songs that really hits home for me is the Toby Mac um, Mendisa. No, I don't want to gain the whole world but lose my soul. Right. That song hits me between the eyes every time I hear it. Um, because, you know what? In, in the United States, in, in American Christianity, we tend to want to make God into our image. Right. And that God's going to be the Santa Claus in the sky. And, uh, you know, it's going to give us what we want or what we think we need. He's going to make us prosperous. He does, you know, and if, and if hey, you're not prosperous, if you're not bringing in the wealth, then you're not a Christian because where's your faith in God? And uh, that's uh, one of my old uh, professors in seminary, uh, Dr. James Strauss, used this uh, succinct term for stuff like that. He called it le bunk. Yeah. And uh, he was, uh, he's very accurate about that. He, he's the one that got me going on worldview studies and several of us, and, which is weird for Arminians to care about such things as worldview. Right. Um, that has been more of a, a Reformed or Calvinist uh, enterprise, but there are several of us who uh, benefited from Doc Strauss and some of his uh, proteges over the years to really get us involved in that, but uh, I and this is, is going to I, I do ramble. That's what we're seeing here. That's why we call it raise ramblings. Well, let's, let, let me draw you back here. <laughs> Thank you. you. In the in the passage, um, 
I, I think there are two key parts to that passage. First, the cross, and then the idea of daily. So first, the cross is just simply what we just talked about, this whole prosperity gospel mm-hmm. uh, has no concept of a cross, has no concept of hardship, and has no concept of suffering. And oftentimes, that is what marks the Christian life. It's, it's not just looking at the Apostle Paul. Right. Um, and the struggles he had to go through. I think of Second Corinthians 1, where he tells the, the church there, uh, and this was a church that was pretty worldly to begin with. Right. Yeah. You're going to go through difficult times, and I don't want to spare you from that. I don't want mm-hmm. to hide or gloss over the fact of the difficulties I've had. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I've come to realize that every page of the Bible, every page of the Bible, either explicitly or implicitly is undergirded by this concept of suffering. Yeah. Uh, you look at, well, obviously not in Genesis 1 and 2, but as soon right. as sin entered into the world, every page is suffering. I hate, absolutely hate James because he's so practically right on. Yeah. <laughs> and when he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you go through all manners of trials and temptations and suffering, and, and I'm like, I don't want to suffer. Right. This is America. We like our comfort. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing is, you can check out through the history of the church. When the church is most actively involved in growing, there's two things that are taking place. They're very countercultural. Yeah. And they are being persecuted. Right. Without those ingredients, we become lackadaisical in our faith. We don't know how to share our faith. We don't even know how to live our faith. Right. And we all buy into it because that's the way it is in this country. We have life so easy. I mean, we might be persecuted because, oh, we can't talk about Jesus at the workplace. So, do it anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the, you know, now there are pockets of persecution. You know, when somebody comes in and says, you know, are you a believer? And you say yes, and boom, they blow your head off. And it was Casey Burnell's uh, case sure. in high school. Yeah, that is suffering for the faith. That's being persecuted, but that's not the norm in the United States. But now, as we see Islam and uh, the radical jihadist, infiltrating our country more and more. I've been saying for years that it's coming. I'm no prophet, not, not when it comes to foretelling the future. Sure. That, that's not what biblical prophecy is well, anyway. I, I, don't, I don't know if we're, we're quite there yet, I don't know, um, when it comes to Islam, although um, certainly we see an increase in that. But I, I, I'm more worried about, I, I'm not worried about uh, a jihadist as much as I'm worried about secularism and pluralism mm-hmm. coming in and uh, taking away my freedom of speech and taking yeah. in the idea of in, in under the guise of tolerance right now saying well my basic gospel message um, is entirely offensive which again from the beginning it always has been right um, but so we had the idea of the cross and it's important for people to understand, so we're talking about discipleship. We're talking about growing in the Christian faith. And God uses suffering to grow us and to mature us. Right. And if we hide that from people, if we, if we 
you know, as we're discipling other people, if we're going to hide that from them, we are not helping them at all. No, not at all. And But that's the American way. Again, we come to church, we put on our mask, we look good on Sunday, we are Sunday-only right. Christian, and then we struggle with the sins that we have in our lives and we don't want to open up because we're concerned more about our reputation right. than we are about living the life and that God so has called us to. what happens is that sin is not dealt with. Exactly. And so you're, not only is a sin, so that you had the one problem of your sin not being dealt with and that, that is a deadly idea for the Christian faith. Right. Uh, undealt with sin, unrepentant sin. But then you are struggling alone. Mm-hmm. And so you're not getting the help you personally need. So you're not being encouraged and you're, and you're not getting help. But then third, you're missing out on the opportunity to minister to others. Because, Ray, if you come forward and talk about your sin, I guarantee that most likely there are other people in that same congregation with that same issue that could use that help knowing that, hey, I'm not the only one and there are other people uh, who are just like me. Right. I, I really, um, and that's so hard for those of us who have been raised in such a way that, you know, we, we are closed best. My family of origin, we had a position in the church that I grew up in. My dad was an elder in that church. Did we talk about things that we did wrong? No, no. You know, we we didn't. And you know, my mother, God bless her, she to the day she died didn't want people knowing what happened inside of the family. Yeah. And so that would be one of the main reasons why people are leaving the church in droves because they're looking for something different than what they well, the, they get in the world. And you know this. This stuff comes out, and that's what we're seeing today. Even even in secular society, you know, we we have uh, now, uh, and, and I think this is a great thing. We have sexual predators and sexual harassers mm-hmm. being outed, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's that's wonderful that these people are being exposed. But it's not just Hollywood; it's inside the church, right? Um, and that could be a whole different topic. But I, in in my background. The big word I remember being used many times is the idea of testimony. You have to maintain your testimony. And I get what they mean by that, but the problem is now sin becomes hidden. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. everybody knows it's just a facade. It's fake. Right. And it has to come crum- crumbling down. When you stop and think what the, the gospel is, you start with creation. Right. But then you've got to go to sin. Yeah, because if you don't deal with the sin, you know it's like okay. I mean, I've been I, you know, I like to hang out at malls. At least I used to when I could afford to <laughs> do right. so. But I would I would sit there, and people would uh, occasionally someone would come up to me and ask me this question: "Are you saved?" Hmm. And my my response, and I'm like, I know what they mean by that because I'm in that position of having been a part of the church my whole life. But it's an incorrect way to approach somebody about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. It's, you know, you, I don't see that question being asked in the Bible ever. Right. Paul doesn't go up to people and say, are you saved? Peter, he doesn't 
are you saved? They knew who they were talking to. Right. They started where they were at. The, like Peter's, the day of Pentecost uh, evangelistic uh, message that he gives starts with where they're at, what you did, you know, uh, talks about right. Jesus, and, oh, you guys, you killed him. Yeah. And you're culpable for that. And he doesn't give an invitation. He right. just says, he puts it in their lap, and they say, we're guilty of this. Yeah. We realize this. What can we do now to be saved? And he says, you know, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for forgiveness of your sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's just the thing is we have gone around, around it to where we are afraid to share our faith. Yeah. We look at Jesus um, with the woman at the well <clears throat> yes. there in John chapter 4. Right. Just recently preached on that. And... As I said, so he's meeting this woman where she's at. She approaches him, mm-hmm. um, and every he, whatever she says, he points to a greater reality. Yes, but doesn't ignore her sin and calls up to the fact that she's an adulteress. I mean, she's had five husbands, and the guy she's sleeping with now won't even marry her. Right. So you know, well, I think what makes discipleship difficult, and why so many people don't want to do it, discipleship is always awkward. Mm. Discipleship has to message up stuff. Yeah, messy, very messy. You, you get involved in other people's lives, and that is incredibly awkward and difficult because you, as you just said, it's messy. And, well, and it's threatening. You're, yeah. putting your, you're putting your you put your you put your own life in the balance when you do stuff like that. You know, I, but I'm weird that way. Well, you're weird in many ways. I know. So, <laughs> see, I, I came up with, I put it on, on Facebook, but God made me weird. Or God, you know, yeah, made me weird. Or wired me weird. I got to get this right. <laughs> God wired me weird in order to reach a wider audience. Mm. I go and spend time with liberals, people. <laughs> liberals on purpose. Because I need to hear their side of things. I need to be open and vulnerable to, you know, because they know some things that, that I don't know. Right. And they can help bring me back to the center, who's Jesus Christ. They don't, the they don't see it. Jesus. The Savior huh? You just refer to Jesus as sinner. No, I didn't. I said center. Oh, center. I thought you said sinner. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Because right, you'd have to oh, stop man, the podcast we, right we now. Would, yeah, we'd have to. Uh, okay. Center, edit. yes. Okay. <laughs> Jesus is a center. We both agree on that. Okay, okay. good. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> sorry. I got to. Anyway, the thing is, it's helped. it helps me to be molded more. Like Jesus. Isn't that the goal of discipleship? To become more like Jesus and to help others become more like Jesus? But if we're afraid of putting our name out there, I do this on Facebook too. I interact. I call them on the carpet. When I see, uh, you know, a liberal say stuff that accusing a conservative of that very thing, they do it too. I'll call them on it. Right. But the same can be said now, you know, because the, the the conservative people aren't they don't have a market on doing things right and uh, especially so, in the age of trump 
But I, I don't want to. Get, uh, we, don't, we don't need to go there well, today. Let's, let's go to topic. <laughs> let's go to the Great Commission because okay. you and I have talked about this, mm-hmm. and oftentimes we we emphasize the Great Commission, but not all of it. Yeah. Um. And, and we and we stop short. So let me pick up here in Matthew as we transition to our second uh, section here in our format about Scripture. Um, not that we haven't been talking about Scripture, but um, famous passage. You, you guys know it. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, we'll start in verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we we talk about the Great Commission usually only in terms of evangelism. Go out. And preach the gospel to people. Go out and mm-hmm. evangelize, share the good news of the gospel. And yes, absolutely, we're all for that. But this passage isn't even really addressing that. No, it says to make disciples and even teaching them all things that I have taught you. Mm-hmm. So what I've taught you, I want you to talk to others about. I want mm-hmm. you to. So talk a little bit about that uh, that idea of making disciples as yeah. opposed to just evangelism. Well. Yeah, uh, to me, the the terminology of conversion, that's the reality in most of the American church. We convert people, right. whatever that might mean. If it's, you know, some traditions, it's saying the sinner's prayer. Some traditions, it's baptizing them by immersion or whatever form. But then that's like it. Okay, we, we've got this one. We can mark our right. gospel gun and say, oh, we got another one, Lord. And we're counting the conversions. Yeah. And the thing is, they are, oh, let's see, what did, what did Jesus accuse the uh, Pharisees of? You're making them twice the son of hell yeah. because, you know, you're teaching them wrong things. Well, frankly. Or nothing at all. Or nothing at mm-hmm. all. The American church has done that. I am so fed up with seeing people fall along the wayside because there's no discipleship plan in place to uh, help them to grow, to encourage them to stay faithful because being a Christian is tough. This is not easy stuff. And whoever thought that Jesus said it was a rose garden, they got it wrong because it's not. It is hard to wake up every day and butt heads against a culture that is devoid of any real morality and any uh, concern for the truth. Right. And, you know, but unless we put ourselves in that crucible, in that gap, you know, uh, on the watchtower, proclaiming, you know, we are in dire straits. The world is a mess. God will eventually, someday, Jesus will return and you know, make things right. That's the whole point right. of his coming to begin with, was to make things the way God wanted them to be. And that will be what happens ultimately with the second coming. That things will be the way God planned for them to be. But we're not there yet. Well, no. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think we're there right. yet. I mean, you know, but that means... Well, is it Paul or Peter? You have to remind me. Who says 
it's Peter, I think, momentary trials compared to the hope of eternity with Christ. Right. These are just momentary little issues. And he's looking at it from a godly perspective. You know, God isn't up there trying to make us um, uh, subservient to him by causing things to happen to us. It's not God that causes this. You know, God will use things to mold and shape us. He's He's not the one that put that log in front of me when I tripped the other day in the dark, you know, but God can use that as part of a process to bring me to where he wants me to be. Well, that's, that's where we, we, we're going to disagree, because I, I, I think Scripture is very clear in that God has a plan for all of us and is working that out, and I don't, I don't believe in simple uh, accidents or, or happenstances that just happen to happen. I, I believe that God is sovereign over all of his creations. I, I want to but let, let, let's let's. That's another discussion. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I'm but, sorry. Uh, I went I do, there. Yeah. yeah, I do want to make sure that you know uh, that's again. I I, I want to emphasize that that's not where I'm at there. But right. Let's get back to our, our discussion. Imagine this this scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your wife is in the delivery room. The baby has been born. Everyone's happy, and then we take the little infant, the little child wrap them up, and then kick them out the door. Nice to see you, nice <laughs> to know you, and uh, have a great life. Yeah. You know, we, we would never, that, the, the, the idea is abhorrent, but that's often what we do with our evangelistic endeavors. Mm-hmm. You, we, we, you know, salvation is, is likened to a new birth. Mm-hmm. And so now, okay, great, you've been born again. See ya. Right. And that, yeah, that would be one of the biggest problems in the American church and uh, it's refreshing to see pockets of places where they are and bring them closer to Christ see the, the problem is Often I'll hear people say, Jesus will, take, will, will accept you warts and all where you are. Okay, that's true. But yeah. as my wife points out, by the way, she's a whole lot smarter than mm-hmm. I am. What she points uh, I out... I get no, no trouble believing that at all. <laughs> but the, 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 the problem comes in we, people get this idea that they can stay where they are yeah. instead of becoming transformed by the renewing of their minds, transformed in their actions, transformed in their desires, their their uh, wants and wishes. You know, it's taking on this attitude that says, I'm eventually going to become a spiritual parent myself. And that's really, you know, a process that takes time. And yeah. part of the problem in American Christianity is our culture is so instant gratification yeah. motivated right. that, oh, this is easy. I can be dunked or sprinkled or uh, say that sinner's prayer and I'm good to go. Within five minutes. Within five minutes. 
with no real conviction, right. no repentance of sin. I did this, I'm good to go. And no foundation. No foundation whatsoever. And the, the problem with that thinking is, yeah, you go, all right. You go straight to hell. Right. Uh, and that's let's be clear, you know, the idea of, yes, come as you are, mm-hmm. accept it, but it's not loving to leave you where you are. Right. Because there's so much that you are missing out on now. Mm-hmm. It's just, again, it's, just like, it's like kicking the baby out of the delivery room. Right. There's so much life. So we are already uh, at the end of this program, and we haven't even got through half of what we do in a typical program. So, we're, But we're going to wrap it up here just to save it for you so that you don't get too much here at one point. So we're going we're gonna to make this into a two-part episode. We haven't actually done that yet in, uh, in this podcast. Uh, but Ray and I, we're going to continue the conversation. Um, so join us back next week. It, it, we won't have part two next week. In fact, we're going to be talking next week about the idea of discernment. Um, but join us back in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll have part two of this conversation. Uh, so until then, have a great rest of your week. Don't forget to check out uh, www.basicbiblepodcast.org and check us out on Twitter at Basic Bible Cast. So until then, have a great rest of your week.